Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Supreme Resort. We've got a special surprise for you today. We've got our good friend Jack Plotnick joining us on the show. You might recognize Jack from quite a few different appearances on television and on YouTube. We've been talking about him obsessively for the last couple of years. Well, Jack's going to join us today and spend a little time talking about his experiences and his love of the Disney parts. So strap in, everybody, because Jack Plotnick is one of TSR's people. Resort Land v. World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and which is the Supreme Resort. Each episode, we will discuss and explore each resort ride by ride, land by land, park by park, to determine oh, which no. is better. <laughs> it's like it's our first show. I'm your host, Jimmy, and thank you for joining me on this quest to help the greater good of humanity answer this long, elusive question, which is better, Disneyland or Walt Disney World? Joining me, as always, is Dan. Hi, I'm Dan. I'm marking myself uh, safe from the closure of Splash Mountain in Florida. Oh, boy. And, oh, and Eric. Hi. I apparently just learned to use the soundboard. Congratulations. Uh, joining us today for a very special episode of The Supreme Resort, he has built a career as an actor, director, and performance coach, performing in countless TV shows, commercials, and feature films. I stole from your uh, website. I changed the pronouns, though. Um, 137 credits on IMDb. Additionally, he has written, produced, and directed television comedies, feature films, and Broadway musicals, like Disaster, which we'll talk about. But our listeners may know him best from his YouTube channel in what I call the Disney Meta series of shorts, where he recreates scenes from the 1965 Disneyland 10th anniversary special and much more. Please welcome Mr. Jack Plotnick. Hello, what? hello, Jimmy, Dan, and Eric. Love what you guys do. Honor to be here. Oh, great. Well, we're honored to have you. And oh, I have to, I, I want to start by telling you this story. <laughs> you, you have given this dad uh, a lot of street cred with my kids. And here's why. <laughs> we're big fans of the, uh, of the, the Broadway channel on Sirius XM, right? Mm. And we listen to Seth Radetzky all the time. And I'm driving my son to practice of some kind, and we're listening, and he's talking about his friend Jack Plotnick. I'm like, he's going to be on our show. And he's like, Dad, you must be really famous. I'm like, well. <laughs> so that was the origins of uh, my street crowd with my kids. And then um, 
and I wanted to talk really quick about it before we get into the nerdier stuff is you wrote a musical with Seth. He talks about this all the time. He talks about disaster. And so tell me about, first of all, your relationship with Seth and, and the writing process. And did you write the music? Did you write the book? All of the above? Yes. uh, Seth and I met uh, when I got out of college, the first off Broadway show I did, we met doing that. He was, um, conducting and I was uh, the understudy and uh, I saw him do a comedy show and I just I, I just knew I this is a genius and um, I'm such a huge fan and I asked him if he would consider maybe putting up a little sketch show with me and he, and I luckily he said yes and and then we just never stopped writing together we had a, sh- a long-running show at Caroline's in Times Square and now uh, we're on different coasts unfortunately so we write together when we can but what happened with, was um, he had always wanted to write a disaster movie musical where every disaster from every disaster movie happens to one uh, group of people right. and like over one night. And yeah. Yes. And Poseidon Adventure and right. snakes. And anyway, uh, but his concept was to then use classic songs from the 70s and plug them into the show, but have them move the story forward. And uh, okay. um, yeah, and uh, it was kind of like that that song, Mr. Jaws from the 70s, where they, mm-hmm. if anyone remembers that. So um, he he had a deadline and, and he happened to be visiting me. And I said, you know, I'd love to help. And thank goodness he said, I'd love your help. Yeah. And next thing we knew, we wrote a, a Broadway show together. And I, I was lucky enough to get to direct it. And it was really a dream come true. It ran off Broadway. Then we got to move to Broadway. And um, uh, yeah, so it, it, it got we got like 35 hit songs from the 70s that we were That's able to amazing. get the rights to. And we we got a New York Times critics pick and uh, fantastic reviews. Our nun, we have a nun who has a big 11 o'clock number. She's addicted to gambling and she sings <laughs> Never Can Say Goodbye to a Slot Machine. Oh, my God. And she, she, she was nominated for a Tony. And now uh, community theaters and high schools are around the country are performing it. That's awesome. That's amazing. I'm so it's just so impressive to, you know, so many people have dreams of writing or doing something like that, but being able to execute it and have it successfully executed is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it took us by surprise, too. Yeah. I mean, we but uh, it was a very magic time to get to do that with my my dear friend, Seth. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's that's incredible. So the the other thing I was going to ask you is. Before we get into your process and and these incredible videos, which we can't get enough of, I, I do want to ask your permission, because as we talk about these videos, and this is a little uh, sort of should have talked about it before we recorded, um, <laughs> maybe. But as yes. we're as we're yeah. talking about these videos, we wanted to play yeah, snippets please. of them. Oh, that's so but, cool. I love that idea. Oh, no, I'm going to have to start over again, because what we decided is to. Not play your work Don't back do it. to you. I hate that okay, idea. Okay, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. So what we're gonna do is in in editing, yeah. we're going to add it in, so we're not playing you back in to you. Post, as they say, in post, post, so that our list, so that our <laughs> listeners can get context of what we're talking about. Yeah, sure. And That's anyway, fun. that way you don't have to take an extra thirty minutes to listen to okay. yourself. It'd be funny. <laughs> um. Anyway, so. Back to the, my question. So what is your relationship to the Disney theme parks? We are, in fact, a Disney theme park podcast. So what's your relationship to the park? Well, I'm definitely a lover of all things Disney because, uh, well, I, I, my family, uh, they, my dad took us to Disney World when I was quite young a, a few times. And then when we couldn't afford it, 
we would drive down there and have a sort of pretend Disney vacation oh where my we God. would just we would crash a, the Contemporary Hotel and swim in their pool and pretend oh, we yeah. were going to Disney World. <laughs> we just did everything that's free. We'd walk around Lake Buena Vista. And yeah. So um, it had a, a a great meaning and so many beautiful memories for my family. And so and so I wanted to be an Imagineer, and I, my parents got me because I begged for it, the Art of Disney book which I'm sure you know about it. Yes. Uh, it was just this classic book that taught you everything about what Imagineers do and how they built the rides. And I was obsessed with it. And yeah, so that, so Disney had a, has a very um, big place in my heart. It's very. And I know that you've been, you've actually done work for Disney. Some uh, oh, yeah. a fair amount of your acting work has been <laughs> Disney, right? I have done a lot of Disney stuff, but they also are a very large company. So That's true. It's hard not to, but no, I'm kidding. I, yeah, I love, I love getting to do the Disney uh, kids shows. It's, it's, it's really fun. One person, um, who was it? I think a producer once told me, you know, um, <laughs> they, they really like how you're able, this is why, this is supposedly why they kept hiring me for their kids shows as mm-hmm. guest star. They said they really like how you can be mean to kids, but still be likable. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It just, is your character, your character work is phenomenal. And thank you folks, listeners. For those of you who don't know, you've you've seen Jack in a lot of stuff. You just didn't realize it because he's so versatile. Like, for example, he was in a 2018 uh, Super Bowl commercial. If you remember, it was a it was a Sprint commercial mm-hmm. with you know that guy who used to be Verizon, then he switched over to Sprint. So Jack is a is like a, a robotic scientist. Yeah, and your robots who you're programming are telling you you're an idiot for not switching to sprint and like yes. they start calling you names and, and then you you switch you, you're at the sprint store at the end and the and the sprint guy's like oh so what made you switch and you're like oh my coworkers are giving me crap about it or whatever it was very that was then, an incredible commercial to do because those were life-size all those robots and they were puppets and the last robot was gosh almost 20 feet tall and it busted that that wall of glass that really happened live and wow wow yeah, it was it was a really cool thing to be a part of. So as an example, Eric, this is where I would in- interject an <laughs> audio clip from that commercial. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Let me, let me write so that's a little audio housekeeping. Audio. Real-time okay, housekeeping. Sprint commercial. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's S-E-R-T. Do I need to do this every time? <laughs> roll the clip. It, it wouldn't hurt. Just yell, roll the clip. Roll the clip. Evelyn continues to learn at an exponential rate. Only a week ago, I believe. Doctor, I still don't understand why you have unlimited with Verizon. You choose to pay twice as much. I never thought of that. I never thought of that. Okay, guys, it wasn't that funny. You got a dumb face. Uh, yeah, so then the other thing I remember... Oh, there's and glasses. Eric, Eric, I'll send you a bunch of, like, random clips, and if you want to just... Yeah, <laughs> it's just something from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right, right. We'll um, find it. <laughs> Asher might have a few things to say occasionally. Um. So, and then the other thing, and I'll I'll stop with this gushing part. We'll go to the next gushing part. Um, <laughs> is in Glee. If you ever saw Glee, there's a character named Brittany who is a total moron, and she's taking her SATs. She's got like a zero point four grade point average. And she took her SATs and she got like a 1600 or whatever. And she filled it in with crayon and it broke the Scantron machine. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so then she writes these series of numbers and Jack and a a colleague are, I don't know what you were from. She basically is doodling on a piece of paper. And and, uh, me, us two professors, we come across this piece of paper and it turns out 
she doodled like this incredible mathematical uh, algorithmic thing that no one has ever been able to figure out. And so she's a genius. Like beautiful minded them. It was very funny. Anyway. Brittany, you lack a basic understanding of even the simplest arithmetic. I don't know why you couldn't have used a number two pencil like we asked. Filling out the ovals and crayon broke our Scantron machine. Brittany, it's possible that you may be the most brilliant scientific mind since Albert Einstein. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and I'll tell you something about Glee. I've worked on a lot of shows. Glee are the was for me the most expensive sets like the most beautiful detailed um even movies don't have sets as nice as, right. as glee oh, had. Wow. but that's because you know it was a, it was a huge hit it was uh, i yeah. was actually lucky enough to have matthew morrison agreed to play a small role in in a film i, I co-wrote and directed oh cool space station 76 and it was really cool because as i was driving on the lot to do my glee matthew was driving out and he waved and it was just a very lovely memory He's a good dude. I he actually taught. I I got a, a BFA in musical theater at Cal State Fullerton, mm-hmm. and he came in and did a little workshop with us where he taught us one of the dances from Big. You know, he yeah. was in Big, and yeah. he's just he's a very sweet guy. But that yeah. was a wonderful show. It obviously showed that they put in that kind of care and, and love, and you know, art. yeah. Because I I recurred on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and those sets were like high school sets, like right. with like painted on bricks, and it. But the thing about Buffy was they knew how to light. And uh, they knew that they didn't need expensive sets because they lit them so smartly that they you had no idea they looked beautiful on film. Mm-hmm. But in person, they weren't. The, the magic of movie making, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so back to the main reason we wanted to have you on is we were just astounded at the, the humor and the wit and the recreation of not, I think it started with the 1965 Tencennial video, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so- that's the one with Julie. Is that? Yeah, that's correct? right. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Julie. <laughs> this is where you interject that part. <laughs> I want you to meet Julie Green. Hello, Blair. Hello, Julie. Now, Julie is uh, Miss uh, Disneyland Tencennial. <laughs> very pretty, very pretty, Walt. That's a good one. I tell you, I'd give, uh, give you first prize in any beauty contest, Julie, because you are. Oof. Anyway, Which by, by the way, <laughs> Jimmy and I used to watch these videos, yes. like just hang, just hanging out recreationally. And yeah. we would, what, what I loved about watching these videos and Jimmy, sorry, sorry to hijack oh, your interview here, um, was pretty much all of the points that we were and more that we were basically all the things that like, we were like, Oh, did you catch that? Did you catch that? You totally caught and added oh. to it. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh, what good. he's what he's saying is we used yeah. to watch the 1965 thing and make before, fun of moments yeah and yeah. you were making you so you're our people is the point oh i love that that's so cool because <laughs> you started this in 2020 i think i saw an interview where you said it was kind of pandemic boredom is that right absolutely i'd been making comedy videos for a while but then during the pandemic i got I got real into watching videos just just because I live alone, just sort of escape, you know, my reality. And I got mm-hmm. real into Disney videos, anything Disney I was watching. And I came across these wonderful world of Disney's with Julie Reams. Mm-hmm. The first thought was Julie who? Like, I had no right. idea they had an official <laughs> ambassador. And he's right. marching her around like she's the queen of Disney. Mm-hmm. And it was just so <laughs> odd to me. And but, but I was so excited because I was getting to see the actual Imagineers, Harriet Burns and John right. Hench. And he's walking around going, he must have said, this is Julie Reams. Like, 
he says it like 20 times in the video. That's right. Miss Disneyland Tencennial. Yeah. And then I noticed, <laughs> yes, yes. Then I noticed that I looked like one of the Imagineers, Blaine Gibson. And uh, it was sort of an easy jump to say, well, I, I want to escape into this video and I could be him. And so that's why I made the very first one, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. One. Oh, yep. gosh. Which, yeah. By the way, we're going to play that now. Um, you know, a lot of it is visual, you know, the, the way you edit with like, you'll say something and then Julie will have like a little you know, head yeah. nod or whatever. <laughs> um, but the, the description of pirates is so funny. I want you to tell her all about what you're doing. Here. Uh, yeah, of course. Well, uh, we're going to be making uh, pirates for a new water ride that we hope will scare the shit out of families. Quite an angry looking fellow. Oh, so perceptive, Julie. Yeah, he's a pirate. Then he'll be audio animatronic. Audio animatronic, that's right. She's sharp. For a woman. It's oh, wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, it's all green screen. I stick myself into the into the actual video by using green screen in my home. Yeah, and I I want to ask more about that, but before I do, okay. what's the deal with Harriet and her obsession with Walt? Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that Harriet, we discover Harriet in my oh geez, my fourth episode, I think. And that's the one that talks about the uh, making the Plaza the Inn plaza restaurant. Inn, right. yeah. yeah. This is a scale model. We call it the Plaza Inn. It's right off the plaza. Hi, And Walt. it's going to be a period restaurant, a period about 1880. 90. 90. Now, uh, <clears throat> well, this is Harriet here. Hello, Julie. I'm building this. Happens to be uh, putting Hi. in the little umbrellas and the tables for the scale model. Actually, this is the size of people right there. Oh, and look, Walt, I'm making a little figure that looks just like you. <laughs> Over here. Yeah, and um, anyway, you know, I, could, I only have the, 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 the footage that's out there, and Harriet really just didn't get to say much. Disney sort of <laughs> ignores her, basically. He quickly introduces right. her to Julie, but basically ignores her, and she comes off very prim and proper and... <laughs> And so I just, it was not a hard jump to say, well, maybe she's trying to get a word in, but can't. And, and then I just, something in the way that, that Disney ignores her, but fawns all over Julie made me kind of think, I wonder if Harriet could have a crush on Disney. And so that, that came out of that. But I, I actually, one of the wonderful parts of doing these videos is, as you know, I'm obsessed with Imagineers, is I've gotten to actually meet some. And um, I got to meet Kevin. Uh, Kyle Barnes, and he shared with me something so interesting. He said, you know, Harriet had the mouth of a trucker. Oh my and, gosh, uh, that's but, where that comes from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. But, but I didn't know that, and and it, and it didn't really show. So I kind of play her. She's in my Harriet Burns is much more demure and sure. and daydreamy and sweet. And but I'm sure Harriet was very a sweet person, but I had no idea that she had a foul mouth. Yeah, so, was what was I thinking of that? One of them, the, the like the, uh, the little old lady with the yeah. The I don't know her real name, but I don't either. I, no, I, but yeah, I just the 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 way she looks, it's like how could she not talk like that? You know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The park, the park, the park. Yeah, and that's so, what's so impressive is that you've created a character for each person mm -hmm. and they're also distinct. Yes. Uh, oh, you know, is, you. is that, is that, I guess my question for you is since now I'm hijacking things, Jimmy. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I've, I've been talking too much. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, is that something where you, you sat down and, and looked at, watched the video a few times and went, huh, I wonder, 
Um, or did you kind of like, how did you decide on each person's personality? I mean, you've even got uh, Mary Blair in there and mm-hmm. like, it, and multiple Imagineers from, from multiple angles. And it, by the latest <laughs> video, they're all interacting with each other at this point. Yeah. I think, I think that, that the, the first time you meet all of those ladies, there's like seven of them in a circle talking. And that was, <laughs> that was really a mind blowing experience mm-hmm. to keep the eye lines and to figure out who, but you know, I really just would I come from an actor's background, so I would just watch each person and think, what, what, how do, how do I think they'd talk? And, and of course, you know, if, um, if I have uh, characters who are very, you know, ballsy and they smoke and they're more sort of, um, uh, cynical about the rides and, and, and the park, then it makes sense if I'm introducing a new character to maybe have her be more light and, and joyful and, and, and maybe dumb and, so I'm tr- also just trying to balance out the different comedic energies when I do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. curious if there's one of them that you have given your, or have either started to, or have just already given yourself permission to be kind of more broad and more caricature-y with. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say, well, that's an, that's an interesting question. I, I, I'm really going to miss one of the characters because unfortunately I killed her, but <laughs> <laughs> I really loved being, um, I called her Marge. I don't know her real name, but basically she was the, the Walt Disney fanatic fan, hyper fan, loves everything and is a bit of an idiot and doesn't, doesn't get the, anything the other women are saying just, and is constantly right. wanting to, to anyway, but unfortunately she died <laughs> in the carousel of progress. So oh, no, she's, that's right. she's gone. There's that's no, right. you can't come back to life in the, in the world of Disney Imagineering, <laughs> which uh, listeners, as you know, is a nice callback to the cast member who died in the carousel of progress when they moved it to when they yeah. moved it, making it America sings and they changed the rotation of the theater. Yeah. And, thing. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, didn't mean to bring it down. But, oh, no. so, so I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, Grizzly. Really, well. Ask all um, the questions you want, but I, I, ha- I have to get this off my chest. Okay. <laughs> in, in the, in the, which one was it? It was the, the, the House of the Future episode. There's so much to unpack. So it starts with <laughs> the deep cut of them inventing Doritos at Casa de Frito. <laughs> and, well, and I remember also watching this, and we've we've been talking about having you on for a while well, now. And clearly, then, our right? email string would uh, indicate. Yeah. And in our chats, we were like, I don't know if, you know, he, say, he says he's not really like parks person. And then I remember watching this one. I was just like, oh, he's he he knows his stuff. He has to. <laughs> I'm that sorry, is Jimmy, way too ahead. much of a deep cut. But anyway, so the other thing I observed just from the very first episode with Julie and mm, hello, Julie, <laughs> is, is the, the whole 1960s objectification of women. Yeah. All these guys. Right. And he says, did you make all gone with a chip? Thinking about calling them Doritos. Mm. You make all gone. Show me under the tongue. Good. Good girl. (laughs) Yes, that's in the latest video. John Hench. um, That's right. uh, He becomes pretty womanizing in the latest video. I mean, when we first introduced him, uh, I, I mean, I kind of picked up on his. His um because Walt busts him on it in the video. Walt says, right. "Oh, John knows all the pretty girls," right. and uh, <laughs> I mean that's just there. There was so much. I mean, it was all right there, but it was just normal then to parade a, a beauty contestant around uh, the floor of your of your workplace. And right. It, it, it's all there on the surface, so it was fun to poke fun of it. Yeah. And then they move over to the the table of ladies, and they're talking about the house of the future. 
mm. in Tomorrowland <laughs> and, and how it's going to be all white. All the colors are going to be white. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, no. They're going to paint the whole place. What did you think I meant? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be. A, is there gonna be a sign? <laughs> How are you gonna do that? How do you enforce yeah. that? That actually came from I. I honestly. Okay, so I'm obsessed with the future as we imagined it in the '70s. My movie right. is set in the future as a, that sort of retro future. That's why I love getting to do the episode on the plastic house, but also just Tomorrowland in general will figure into my upcoming videos because I'm obsessed with it. But anyway, I love the original Tomorrowland, the all white one. And I was actually at Disneyland with my brother. And I, and I said, we quite loudly, we were sitting in Tomorrowland. I went, oh, I miss when Tomorrowland was all white. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard myself say it. And I looked around. I thought, Jack, you have to be careful. That's yeah. not appropriate. But I, I do. I really, I think it's a shame they got rid of that marvelous 1969 white mm -hmm. 2001 Space Odyssey Tomorrowland. Which they're kind of bringing back now. I hope so. They, I, I mean, think like it's classic Disney Worlds is all but all but white paint at this point, and and oh. kind of back to that okay, sort of it's stylized been a while since I've been to Disney World. Good. Yeah, well, I mean, white <laughs> is a is a is a blank canvas, right? It, it encompasses no. Well, I don't know. Anyway, the point yeah. is that it's it it sort of allows the imagination to fill in the canvas, right? When it's just mm. it's pure and blank, and do with it what you will, like the future. Well, and there's mm -hmm. something I think universally futuristic too about blue neon. That's or right. Blue, like glowing light that just like, Hell oh, yeah. future now, I guess. It says a lot. Yes. Yeah. So as we continue to argue these shows and we decide definitively this, you know, this Honda Mansion is better than that and this, mm -hmm. this castle is better than that, whatever. Once we get through and we complete all the attractions in a land, we'll have a, a special episode where we review and compare both lands and which is better. And without exception, there is a clear winner, which Frontierland is better, which, you know, New Orleans Square or Liberty Square or whatever. We could not decide the winner of of Tomorrowland because they both suck. Oh, and oh currently, <laughs> currently, they currently. But we want to get your take on that since you just said you're obsessed with it and Tomorrowland because they, they tied because neither one sucked worse than the other one. Oh, so, <laughs> so you said you haven't been to Disney World in a while, and I, I argue know, that's I'm a little bit better. I, I've been. I went to Disney World three years ago, but I'm just. Hard, I cannot remember what Tomorrowland looked like at it that time. It looks different. Oh yeah, yeah. But I agree with you. It's a mess. I'm just glad they started taking out those weird sort of rust color. Like mm. keep that in Galaxy's Edge. Let them have the dirty, ugly future. Like I want in my Tomorrowland. I want clean, and I want 2001. I want start. I want yeah. I want it to look like Princess Leia's ship right. at, at yeah. the beginning of the uh, New Hope. Whites think, only. I think in oh, <laughs> I think in in that episode too we we came to the conclusion that Tomorrowland should just be Star Trek. Like maybe sure. not like the property or the IP but like that whole idea of like everything fine now, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes, yes, indeed. So it was, yeah. it, I think the origin was it was because the Tomorrowland problem and you mentioned it you you allude to it in the episode Yesterday Land or whatever. Yeah. Um is that and I still haven't finished my question. But that uh, <laughs> it was Tony Baxter who who recognized that problem and did a more Jules Verne from the Earth to the Moon sort of motif at Disneyland Paris, Discovery Land instead of Tomorrowland. They brought that over to Anaheim. That was the idea mm. with that. Mm. Clearly didn't work by the look on your face. 
No, I'm making a very scrunchy, sour tasting <laughs> face right now. I did not care for that. I'm so glad it's gone. And yeah. but there was a dark crystal. They, they, there was this thing at oh. the opening of Tomorrowland entrance that looked a lot like the dark crystal uh, prop of the giant moving planet thing. Mm. But I, yeah. I just, I'm sorry. Like to, the I don't Orbitron. Need, Jules Verne, no, 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 no. It's fine for Paris, but <laughs> not for my Disneyland. There you go. Um, I, have a, I have a kind of, since we're in this territory, I have a question for you since you say you adore Imagineers. We have just stumbled onto the possibility within this podcast that Tony Baxter is obsessed with balloons. Is that something okay. that you... <laughs> just <laughs> going forward and looking at Imagineers, I, we're not asking you to confirm or deny at this at this point, but just you might want to keep an eye out for Tony Baxter's obsession with balloons. I will look into that. <laughs> there's here's another little sidebar is that Eric and I were on another podcast um, and we kind of did a little mini version of an episode where we mm-hmm. argued which was better and who's the best oh, yeah. Imagineer. Was it is it Tony Baxter or, or Joe Rody? Joe Rody. Mm. So what's your mm. answer? <laughs> I mean, it's it's so subjective because it's art. And I mean, that's so the whole I, point of the show. All of it's subjective. <laughs> I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna because I'm such a a, a pro feminist. I'll just say Harriet Burns. <laughs> there you go. There we go. That's a fair statement, and uh, it's ju- it's actually Tony Baxter. Got it. Um, actually, we we decided. We I think we decided, or our judges decided, it was uh, Joe Rody, but. Yeah. I, I accept on Harriet Burns. Speaking of Harriet Burns, back to the question I was going to finally ask. Oh, okay. In that same episode, she's obsessed with Walt. She daydreams being in the house of the future, singing mm-hmm. either something from Cinderella, which is a, a running theme, I think, uh, or or Snow White, right? Was she yeah, talking it's, to Snow, the it's Snow White. She sings Cinderella in a different one, but yeah. So this is love. Yeah, that was a different one. This yeah. one was I'm Wishing. Yeah, um, and, and, and the work song from, yeah. Right. Oh, she's not gonna. Yeah, she is. Once there was a princess. Was the princess you? I gotta go to the park. I'll go with you. So why does she have to go to the parks? And they all follow her. And then it's to be continued. When is it going to be continued? Okay, so I took a little time off. I love that you're asking this. So... Uh, I took a little time off before my very last video that came out. And because I really wanted to do something unexpected and something more in depth with the, with these characters. And it took quite a while to sort of work it out in my brain, what this story would be because, uh, and uh, I wanted when people watched the latest episode for them to think it was just any normal, um, you know, a world of color video I've been making. And then at the end, something sort of, as you mentioned, mysterious happens and there's a to be continued. And that's because there is a reason for a lot of the things that have been happening and you're going to find out. And that's I'm awesome. I love that. And, <laughs> yeah. and it, by the way, it goes to be continued from the funnel of smoke that comes yeah. out of no named Imagineer standing in the hallway. But what, <laughs> so will I, will I understand why she just leaves, goes in the hallway to the parks, to the parks and they, <laughs> You definitely will. Okay. Good. Maybe maybe not in the very next episode. But oh, that's soon enough. Oh, all right. <laughs> all will be revealed, and hopefully you'll have a fun time through the process of finding out this uh, 
story. I'm very excited. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that episode, we all were on recording a different episode when we all got the alert that that episode was released and we watched mm -hmm. it in Zencaster oh. <laughs> together. I love that. We were so excited. Oh, that's so cool. That, yeah, that sorry. means a lot to me because I, I love Disney. And so the fact that this, uh, other Disney lovers are into it is very exciting for me. Well, yeah, we discovered we discovered your videos. I mean, you, you were recording them due to COVID boredom and we were we had a game night that we were hosting because of COVID boredom. Oh, <laughs> and we discovered your videos together as a large mm -hmm. group. I can't remember who who found it first, but it was we, David we all watched Sally. it together. It was probably David. You're right. Yeah, he's on yeah, that email we, string. Yeah. Some of our, our very close friends, we we bonded over for your videos during that oh, time that's so and cool. hot <laughs> and, and that yeah. <laughs> so yeah another, another intimation that you're a parks fan as we get to know you better is that you made a video about riding rise of the resistance <laughs> yes. with that the annoying friend who he's like airdrop oh it. my god airdrop it did you airdrop the video you have airdrop on your phone, I promise you. Everybody has airdrop. You have an iPhone, right? Just go ahead and airdrop it to me. It's so easy. I'm so excited to get to teach you this. Well, and <laughs> <Yes>. that, <laughs> what, what I love that in that is you capture so perfectly the person that I always fear I'm in danger of becoming, which is like, no, don't look at that. Look at that. Look at that detail over there. No, you're mm. enjoying this wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so the, uh, I love going on the Disney rides that I, uh, I love going on them on YouTube because they have a, you know, high res and you mm. can pretend you're going on it. And, uh, what, and I was very excited. Rise of the Resistance was coming out, but you know, it, it was quarantine and no one could go to the park to, to ride it. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to put myself in it. A lot of the reason of my videos is simply there's this wish fulfillment thing where I want to be on the ride. And so I put myself on the ride and, but I thought, you know, who, who's an annoying person on a ride? And it would be someone who can't enjoy what's right in front of him because he's so right. it ended up sort of being a, a meditation on not being present. <laughs> I just a further confirmation. You're our people. Cause I, I don't know a lot of people who in their spare time for fun, watch ride through videos. Yeah. <laughs> besides, besides us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then uh, was the other question. I have a lot more. Um, so back to the, the process, you, you didn't indicate it a little bit. So you have a green screen in your home mm -hmm. and you clearly have, is that a phone or is it high? I mean, it seems like a high quality recording. No, it's just my iPhone and iMovie, if you can believe it. Wow. That's wow. There's, a, there's been a few effects where I need to shop them out. Um, in particular, the, uh, the alien attack on, in the Carousel of Progress fantasy, mm -hmm. um, I have a dear friend, Billy Brooks, who is an, a, a genius VFX person, and he very kindly added the uh, laser blasts. Right. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Like there's the one in the Plaza restaurant where I think it's Harriet again, fantasizing yeah. about Walt and she's dancing around in, the, in the, the, the plaza. And so that's just you on a green screen. How do you adjust the, the resolution? Because you're this big and the plaza takes the whole screen. How does that work? Yeah, I mean, you, you really would be surprised at how easy edit, film editing has become with iMovie. It, it really is just, it's surprisingly easy. And so it's really just about being imaginative about the ways to use these very simple uh, devices. Right. Yeah. Everybody's got so, airdrop. Just go into settings. That's <laughs> one. I'm really shocked I pulled that off. Like I pushed iMovie to its limits 
sticking myself into the rise of the resistance because right. I, I look at it and I go, I don't know how I did that <laughs> <laughs> because it's all just iMovie and it's shocking how, how much, how good it looks. But um, I think I just got lucky with that. Yeah. So before we move on from, from these videos that we're, we're obsessed about, uh, this is just going to be me gushing again. So the Tiki Room one, um, they're talking about it being a Polynesian thing and the girls are all kind of wondering about what exotic Polynesian <laughs> actor they're going to get, like Ricardo Montalban or whatever. Don Ho. Don Ho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lucy or like Desi Arnaz or something. Yeah, and, and Harriet, Harriet yeah. says, no, they're going to be, in, you know, That one's Irish. German, that one's Irish, that one's Irish, French. German and French. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote this down. It says, um, he says, oh, but, but, it, but it's Polynesian show. And one of them says, foreign is foreign to these idiots. I mean, they think Frontierland is a real country. <laughs> Hi, girls. I finished another bird. Gee, another one, Marge. We love that you show how fast these can get made. Hey, hey, Mary, who, who are they going to get to play the voice of all these birds? Like some sexy Polynesian actor? Oh, ooh, like Ricardo Montalban or Richie Valens or Don Ho. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mary's working on a ride that moves people. What are they going to call it? I don't know. <laughs> moves people. <laughs> and then the, the the small world one. Does it do anything? <laughs> they sing. sing. It's a small. Yeah, I know. I know it's a song. I know. <laughs> does it go down? Is there a big monster at the end? Yeah. Oh, I okay. think I think we all think these things. So, and you forget there was a time when these rides weren't didn't exist and were mm. just be you know an idea that people were toying with and so uh it, it's fun to to show you that moment before the ride it was just an iconic thing it was just this thing pe that people in an in a work in an office were coming up with say marge what is this anyway what's this ride all about oh you haven't heard all the children of the world are going to be singing and dancing to this really cute song uh-huh you're on a boat and you're sailing down just the sweetest little river watching all the children in the world uh -huh. singing singing that song Okay, they sing and dance to the song. And then everything goes wrong and they go down a water slide? No. Oh, this means French. Well, how many, how many kids do we have to make? Uh, 300. Yeah, and, and when you break it down like that, because it's all just part of our, it's in the zeitgeist and everybody knows it. It, it. I think the statistic is at any moment of any day, it's a small world is playing somewhere in the world right? Mm. 24 mm. hours a day, seven days a week between Shanghai and everywhere else. So it's just part of the, our culture. But when you break it down at its simplest, it's just literally a slow moving ride passing by children singing the same song over and over again. It doesn't work. <laughs> it shouldn't work. You yeah, know? it shouldn't. I call it a craft show you look at from a boat. There you go. <laughs> totally. But I love it. It worked. I, yeah. I just went on it oh, two weeks ago and, and I, it's still a, a joy. It is indeed. When I love um, to the, the, the office, office dynamic that at least I'm reading into it is that here are these women who like aren't really listened to as much as they should be and could be. And yeah. these just super nerd dudes who like, I think you say like you come up with an idea and they write down a full schematic on the back of a napkin. Like they're so <laughs> kind of up their own asses about all of this stuff. And there's these women who are like, what the, they're, they're mentally ill, right? Like, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like, I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Harriet's a fun character because she really gives you, she's very jaded. 
and very brilliant. At least I'm not Harry. I'm sorry. Mary, my Mary Blair. Mary. Yes, dated yeah. I love and your Mary Blair. And she's been a, a fun voice to to be the voice of truth. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it her that came in? She needs coffee or tea yeah. is what it was. <laughs> yeah. And she wrote something on the back of a napkin and it became Utopia. Yeah, she wrote directions for a friend to Musso and Franks, and it was crumpled in her coat pocket. And one of these Imagineers found it and turned it into Autopia, which is a ride for people who I guess like sitting in traffic. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And and knowing about like Mary Blair and how kind of just underrated, criminally underrated she is and what Mm. she did and her like so much about her, that take on her is perfect. Just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's what Mary Blair should be. (laughs) So then she gives her. Go ahead. Yeah, go on. Uh, Remember she, what you're about to say. I want to give you a little Mary Blairism that Kyle Barnes told me when we went on It's a Small World. He said there, he said some of the It's a Small World dolls are what Mary Blair called a Sunday art, Sunday art project, a rainy day art project. That's it. That's awesome. And uh, I was like, which ones? And he said, and you'll notice that there are dolls that sing and are articulated and that looks like you could, it would take a month to build. But then there's other dolls that really do look like you could finish it in one rainy afternoon. Right. And, and that, that's what she wanted. It wasn't that she, they didn't have time. It's that she wanted some of the supporting little characters to, to come off like a rainy day afternoon art project. Hmm. I thought that's that great. was neat. That's yes. great. I didn't mean to interrupt. What were you about no, to No, it's kind of like those toy soldiers with the googly eyes. <laughs> there, are, there are no googly eyes. <laughs> Just, um, yeah. no, so then Mary gives her teacup to Blaine Gibson, Blaine. I think. And... And she's like, I need more of this. I'm nauseous. And he says, teacup, nauseous. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and he yeah, runs out of the room. Uh, another circumstance where a woman has an idea and the, and the male imaginary spirit. Oh, man. I, you know, I never got that through line. That makes so much sense. That's brilliant. Um, all right. So, Dan, you, you had a question. I know you're an acting teacher also, Jack, beyond being an, a- an actor, a director, writer, et cetera. You're an acting coach and a teacher. Is that right? Yeah, it's a hobby because I I had to get over my own anxiety as an actor, and I sort of came up with this wonderful system to rid rid you of all anxiety. Anyone can use it, but actors, you know, we really need that because you know we're in front of people a lot. Anyway, and because uh, I figured out this this very um, sort of well, since I figured out this way to get rid of my own anxiety, I realized I had something I could share that would help people. And so I wrote it all down in this free book on my website. If you're curious how to get rid of anxiety in your own life, read the first chapters. It's free, right? They're all about that. It's free. And then acting, teaching acting has just been this wonderful gift where I can help people. I don't charge much because for me, it's my way of giving back to my community. That's great. Like being on this podcast. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is like, fun. It's and, fun to do and talk about things you're interested in. Exactly. Right. That's kind of my thought. So, and in fact, you've helped actresses or actors and actresses like Allison. Um, Hannigan. Yeah. yeah. I, I coached her on her, uh, how I met your mother audition and oh, she cool. wrote me that beautiful oh, wow. testimonial. That's yeah. Very nice. And she's also of course on Penn and Teller fool us. Let's not forget. Uh-huh. And for our listener, if you don't know who we're talking about, I think one of her earliest works was in uh, American. American Pie, yeah. She was the band. She was the geek. band camp. The band geek. Band geek. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the rest, you know, I won't say on our show. <laughs> but Eric will put an, <laughs> a cut from it right here. Or sure, I will. Something else, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Or IP <laughs> that we don't own. Sure. So Dan, I, I didn't let you ask the question, but you had you had questions about process and, and acting. Is that right? Uh, well, kind of. I, I we kind of touched into oh, touched onto. I watched one of your videos and you talked about the uh, vulture on your shoulder. 
And I, yeah. I just, I, I loved that concept. And I, I think, you know, I, I'm sure people, you probably want people to like read your material, but if you wanted to, if the you video could explain is an the, excellent way to, yeah. to get, because that's at the core of what I teach and, and to help people get control of their thoughts and therefore their feelings. And that you, you'll never be nervous again. If you watch this video, which explains mm-hmm. how it works and how easy it is to shut down. And that's, I, you know, I, um, it's called your vulture and there's a video on my website and you'll, it's got a picture of me with a vulture on my shoulder. So you can't miss it. <laughs> I don't allow the word nervous in my workshop. There's no such thing as nervous because the physical sensation of nervous, you know, your heart racing, butterflies in your stomach is the exact same physical sensation as excitement. So I would say, well, I'm excited. Thank God. And I'm currently in the process of releasing some negative thoughts. See, now I'm in control. That's great. Yeah, I wish I were an actor now again. I, I used to, again, I mentioned I was a musical theater major and just kind of every year of theater school, and I don't know if you had this experience, Jack, but every year a teacher, like day one of class, your acting teacher or whatever, would get in front of the class and say, if you don't have to do this or you will not be able to function in life, no, don't I, do it. Yeah. And I had that every year. And finally, it was my senior year, and the acting teacher said, if you don't absolutely have to do this, then just don't. And that was it for me. I was like, you know what? I don't. I've got other things that I can live, be a happy life without being an actor. But those kind of skill sets and and ways to get around auditioning is the worst part. (laughs) Right? Yeah, you have to create a reality where it isn't, though, where it's just a fun thing to introduce yourself to people and not need the job. Well, clearly it's been effective 137 shows later, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> well, I, I like, too, that that embraces the the, the aspect of uh, I had an improv coach for a while who his, his catchphrase was follow the fun. And mm-hmm. if you can't yeah. figure out what's fun about a thing, then there's why are you doing it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. that's that's beautifully put. Marion Williamson says, follow your bliss, because yeah. as long as you're doing what you love, it creates more of you getting to do what you love. and universe takes note and it, it sends you gifts of more things you enjoy that's well put that is our podcast in a nutshell because the more we talk about what we love and put it out in the world the more great things come back and it's 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 a very good life lesson too mm. um back to musicals uh your sweeney todd <laughs> sweeney <laughs> todd mass audition hello my name is jack planick i'm audition. i'm not i'm not auditioning for the show you chose pajama game i just wanted to recommend that your theater changes the season and does Sweeney Todd. I have um, a good singing range. I can go, I can go. Acting wise, I'm not, don't don't lean on me for that. This is another comedy video. I I just make comedy videos and I put them on my YouTube channel. So yes, uh, yes, go ahead. Well, I think that's kind of all I need to say, although I really appreciate your, your, Your accent work. <laughs> and I can do a, a upper clap. I can do an upper clap. Upper clap. I can do a Cockney accent. Cockney accent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what happens is I'll end up being in a costume for something. And then I'll realize, oh, my gosh, I look like, in this case, Sweeney Todd. And right. I, so I, I just said, oh, you know what? I'm just going to put myself out there and make a video where I'm demanding to be seen for a Sweeney Todd, even though the theaters aren't doing it. <laughs> and uh, I was so happy with how it came out. And the same thing happened with my audition for, I have a video where I'm auditioning. Mrs. For, Doubtfire. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. And That's that right. was because you'll notice I'm wearing the outfit I play, I wear in the Carousel of Progress as the oh, grandma. Oh, yeah. 
And so I was sort of in the middle of doing that video. I already had the makeup on. So I just decided I'll do a video auditioning for Mrs. Doubtfire. So the Sweeney Todd is probably my favorite musical. So I was so extra excited to watch that. And the fact that this person has never actually seen Sweeney Todd would would prefer a happy ending (laughs) with some songs from other Sondheim musicals. Well, not that one. That one sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it's fun to play dumb people who don't know they're dumb and are full of themselves. Yes. I really indeed. enjoy that kind of person. But you, you've, I'm sorry, this, you've also done some really good dramatic work. I noticed that on your reel, uh, many of your characters are a little bit, um, they've got some derangements a little bit. Oh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a weirdo. I play a lot of weirdos, but I have gotten to play some really, really exciting dramatic roles in that way. Yeah, it's so rare to have someone who's good at both. Uh, oh, thank you. I um the my reel opens with my episode from gosh, 911 mm-hmm. and it was the most Hollywood moment I've ever had in my life was me and Rob Lowe and a couple other actors are standing a, at a hotel and on action we were told to run away from the hotel and that the building would then explode. Oh. And um it did. <laughs> now the crazy thing is they didn't destroy the building. Uh so but yet that building exploded, a huge fireball. And and on cut, Rob Lowe was so excited and thrilled and he was high-fiving everyone. And and it was just one of those magical Hollywood moments where I was just pinching myself. That's so cool. Well, that. I watched yeah. the one from Reno 911 where you're hoarding gnomes. <laughs> you're yes. hoarding garden gnomes. <laughs> yes, that's been such a blessing because Reno 911, they just keep having me back every, and they keep coming back. I mean, they can't believe it. Like they're like, we can't believe People still want more, but it, they are wonderful, beautiful, kind people. And I love getting to do the show and I love being a pervert on that show. Yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> it's like the, the reality show Cops and uh, a Christopher Guest movie all at the yeah. same time. And it's, yeah. it, how do you get tired of that? It's 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 a vehicle for comedy. Yeah, exactly. Um, Empire Strikes Jack. This is a problem. There's no, we didn't even put a ceiling in. Princess, look, look at this. Look, look, who's, whose job was it to put a ceiling in here? We have metal on all these machines, but then what, we ran out of it for, to, for the ceiling? Hot! Good, let me show you guys the hallway, because I gotta tell you something. Uh, open your eyes, the walls are ice. You know, and, whoa, what is, what is that? We need, yes. I'm catching a cold. Well, that just came out of, um, it's my favorite film. I okay. watched it 15 God, times in the people. theater. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, 15. And I, I mean, I, I'm obsessed. Anyway, so I wanted, I just, I needed to be in the movie. And uh, when I discovered that there were, un, there was scenes of the Wampa in the, in the Hoth caves. I never noticed that. Were, that. Yeah, that were never, I found that on YouTube. It just kind of made sense to make a video that utilizes that deleted footage that they never use. Guys, there are Wampas in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> so funny we you couldn't it. afford money for the roof yes you made the base out of snow it's a snow <laughs> castle that's right uh well we also are well dan not as much but we're also big star wars nerds uh mm-hmm. i just for do you know um uh the podcast unspooled paul Shear and no i don't amy nicholson she's a a, a critic and paul Shear. i'm sure you know him yeah um they do a, a, a it started as a the uh, AFI top 100 film They went through the 19 or 2007 list. That's the latest one. And they went through all hundred of them to see if they should still be there. 
And they once they got through that, now they just kind of have little mini series. But they just did the one today that I just lo- listened to about the Last Jedi. Oh mm. boy! And it was like an hour and a half of of delight, and they just both gushed over it, but also talked about some of the sort of the controversy around how Ryan Johnson took it. I won't go into a lot of detail, but since you said you're a Star Wars nerd, what's your take? I've watched so many videos on Rise of the Jedi, and I don't want to be a downer, but at the end of that film, I told myself I'm never going to a theater to see another Star Wars movie. I'll after Last watch. Jedi or Rise of Skywalker? After Last Jedi. Okay, yeah. so you did not mm. like it. I really didn't, and I, and uh, yeah. And I've seen, I've watched many, many, many videos because I love when a very smart person is able to articulate a feeling right. I have and explain why I have that feeling. And I'm not uh, artist subjective, so I get why pe- some people might love it, but no, I, it, it just, I mean, oh, yeah, I could go on and on about that. Well, that's another episode for another time. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we also have a Star hey, Wars show. John, they should really be kissing John Favreau's ass. He, he saved his, oh. his ass. I mean, did you see, did you see Andor? Um, I hear it's wonderful. I just, I'm not really watching much TV, but I look forward to watching when I have time. But, but if it hadn't been for John Favreau, I, I mean, the, and they had just made Galaxy's Edge and yeah. So but why didn't, back to the theme parks, why did they not use Batu as a backdrop in Last Jedi or oh. Force Awakens? <laughs> like, why aren't they using this? Because there was no one, no, the, what is it called? The chickens were running the farm. There was oh, no sure. one watching this, not watching. I mean, it's shocking to me. Every mistake was simply because they didn't understand that Marvel thinks these things through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it Marvel? No, yeah, Marvel. Yeah, Marvel. You know? yeah. Marvel has people that really give a lot of thought. And it felt like these those movies were just thrown up there when there's that much money riding on it. It's shocking. Absolutely. Well, and at the end of the, the three arc, a sequel trilogy i think we all walked away from it going like so there was no game plan there was no plan like there None. was no, there was right. nothing yeah that's why i put up air quotes on the word arc right yeah it's like the dc universe there's, there's no plan yeah it's just, <laughs> here's another um, movie everybody yeah, exactly you know these characters go oh. yeah there's a terrific video of a, and i wish i could tell you the creator but i i can't remember of a, of a, a very smart gentleman who um basically pitches a story for for Rise of the, the Jedi that would have worked and that would have, because they set up, look, Force Awakens is not, for, in my book, not a very good movie, but well, it had so much promise and it was beautiful. And it what it did was it created two lead characters that you loved. I loved right. Daisy. I loved, I forget his name, the-, the, the um, Poe Dameron or Finn? Finn. Finn. I loved those two characters. And then it was if, as if they just threw them both away. And, yeah, um, yeah, you're right. It was it sure heartbreaking. Did. Um, anyway, so I think most people's favorite Star Wars movie is, in fact, Empire, and you know we all know it by heart. What is your feeling about Rogue One? Oh, I thought it was terrific. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, fantastic movie, but so depressing, <laughs> and 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 major problems in the first half with storytelling. Major problems, but because it didn't fall on its face, we're all just so grateful. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's my second favorite Star Wars movie. Oh, um, wow, really? And once you watch Andor, you'll like it better. Okay, good. Put it that way. Good. Um, anyway, all right, so back to back to other things. Um, so you, back to the Disney park. So you're a West Coaster now, so you're a Disneyland guy. How but often? I still, uh, Disney World is the winner. That's kind of, oh, so, so that <gasps> was me. my ultimate question, which is oh, better. I, I shouldn't skip right to the ultimate Uh-oh. question. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, and, and Contemporary Hotel is my, is my 
Contemporary Hotel from 1979 is my happy place. Okay. It is everything I, I love about design. And I even like Mary Blair in my Broadway musical, we had a, we needed a bench and, and I literally had it made to look like the benches in the original contemporary hotel. And I just, uh, yeah, I think heaven look for me, looks like the contemporary hotel. That's beautiful. And Mary Blair's (laughs) incredible tile mural is absolutely. Absolutely. And we have, uh, my wife and I actually bought our vacation club is at the contemporary at Bay Lake tower. Oh, wow. Yeah. We bought there before we even had kids. That's how. Mm. But after they got, got married, married there to too, World. we that's got married so to Disney cool. World. Oh wow! <laughs> the, I get the... so that's so cool. That's awesome. Well, we got married. There's a wedding chapel at Grand Floridian. It kind okay. of faces. It's on an island, and in the the altar has a window that frames the castle. And so I proposed to her on that altar, and then we got married there <laughs> six months later yeah. or whatever. You anyway, proposed yeah. to her with the cake castle in the background. No, 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 it was not. In, <laughs> and and we enjoyed beating Jimmy into telling that story over and over again. <laughs> it's a lovely story every time. Yeah. So back, so the, you, your love for Disney World, you feel is better contemporary. What other reasons do you feel that way? Well, I mean, I like that that the, that the streets are brick and not just pavement. I like that the castle is an appropriately sized castle. I like what I like about Disneyland is the feeling that you're going to something truly vintage and very like the very first one. But as they take away each original thing and, you know, only the, you know, it's Kyle's, the Imagineer Kyle, he said Tiki Room is really the only or the most vintage ride they have. That is truly what it was when it opened. That's a good point. Um, Then as as these things go away. Then I'm just a bigger is better guy because, you know, they just they made you know, they they. Did improvements and they made it bigger and better. I think. Well, you'll appreciate this. I'm going to show you my shirt. <laughs> churros. <laughs> so that's Great. Sleeping Beauty Castle made out of churros. Made out of churros. And yes. That's from uh, the Ears Up podcast, which is a Disneyland podcast. And should I grab my other shirt? Well, yes, you should. That was <laughs> kind of what I was leading to because when we did our first episode was the castles, and we argued Sleeping Beauty Castle versus Cinderella Castle. Mm-hmm. And we went through kind of all of the things. And it turns out that the Sleeping Beauty Cinderella Castle won, not because it was bigger, but because the whole idea, its job is to be a weenie, right? You're familiar with the term weenie? No. So Walt Disney, uh, the the idea is when he would go home from work, he would, you know, open up a can of Hormel and, uh, mm-hmm. and a hot dog and he'd wave mm-hmm. the hot dog around and his dog would just follow it. And so the uh, idea of a weenie is something yes. that's so you can get your you can get your your bearings. So we got a weenie yes. shirt with Cinderella Castle. Um, but you can get your bearings that way. So like like in in theme park vernacular, you know, you've heard of an e-ticket. Mm-hmm. So they still use that vernacular today. Like this is an e-ticket attraction or whatever. Yeah. They also use the term weenie, like the weenie of um Animal Kingdom is the tree of life. That's the yes, of course, right? It it yeah allows for people to get their bearings, right? So we made a weenie shirt. Anyway, (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) Yes. So how often would you say you've been to Disneyland? Well, at Disneyland, quite often because and I love that it's so nearby. And I've I've never had the annual pass because I'm not going that often. But I make sure to go once a year. But lately, maybe more than that. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then, what is your favorite ride at Disneyland Resort? Oh, okay. Uh, Disneyland is Raiders of the Lost Ark, but then I just went on. I got I I I got the thrill of going on the brand new Mickey's <clears throat> Mickey and Minnie ride in Toontown. Dan was and there yesterday. It, was there yesterday. Oh, it's extraordinary. Yeah, it's wonderful. 
I loved it. Um, I, I, I also enjoy, uh, what else? I, mm, I like the roller coaster at California. Oh no, we're talking about Magic Kingdom. Okay. No, 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 I'm talking about <laughs> Disneyland Resort. Incredicoaster, fair oh, game. Oh yeah, yeah. And I love the, uh, I, you know, they did a good job of turning Tower of Terror into Guardians of the Galaxy ride. And I yeah. liked both versions. I like that ride a lot. And um, mm, mm, it's a small world. What else is, um, you know, I have, I like roller coasters, but Space Mountain, and I just went on it too. I have such a mental block. I can't, I can't actually enjoy the ride while I'm on it because I'm always afraid that there's a car stopped in front of us and we're going to ram oh, no. into it. I just, <laughs> I can't wear, but with the incredible coaster, you know, you can right, see you there's can no see. car. You're not going to die. Don't worry, Jack. He can't hurt you anymore. Chapek is gone. He can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> that's so funny about Space That's so funny about Space Mountain too because like that's such a feature of the mechanics of the ride is that like right. it will literally shut the whole shut thing down. Yeah. It, it's it. impossible for that to happen. <laughs> I mean, right. I'm not saying it's, yeah. it fears are what they are. It's just funny that that's that's such a specific thing about such another specific aspect of the ride. A- absolutely. So is yeah. there a must must do for you like you cannot leave Disneyland Resort without riding what Well no I because for me here's what I would say is my must do and my happy place would be standing on Main Street as the sun is setting at the magic hour mm. Main Street USA is my happy I just love it I love walking back and forth and I like people watching and I like the live shows and parades net, uh, more than I enjoy going on rides I like to be there at the park. It's as I said, it just brings back memories of my family and mm-hmm. and and I like being around people who are happy. Yeah, and if, and for the most part, I should say for the most part, people there are on vacation or and they're happy to be there. Um, well, it's yeah. an escape, right? I mean, it's escape yeah. for all of us and the immersion and that. That's why we have this podcast. And you might actually enjoy. I'm not trying to promote it, but the, the episode <laughs> that we did on Main Street. Oh, I definitely uh, would. Our yeah. guest. Our, our guest host for or our guest judges for every land episode uh, are the people who run a website called Disneyland, which is kind of an absurdist website where they take mm-hmm. all the show posters from from Disneyland, you know, exactly the way they look. And they've kind of created this alternate reality where there's somebody named Wald Disner, mm-hmm. which came out of a foible in a meeting. Right. So they decided this Wald Disner had this alternate reality <laughs> called Disneyland. Oh, that's and so, great. for example, the 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 uh, show poster for Star Tours is exactly you look at it, you know, it's the <laughs> Star Tours poster, but it's called Jerky Rooms. Oh, that's funny. And, you know, what was the other yeah. one? Uh, Dan, my has personal one favorite was, is uh, Adventure Through Inner Space became Oops Too Small. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric has one is that we did an episode about Casa de Fritos mm-hmm. um, in Frontierland. Was that that episode? The. Anyway, it was a versus episode. Pecos Bill and Magic Kingdom versus Casa de Fritos, or or what is it called now? Uh, Rancho del Rancho Zocalo. del Zocalo, yeah. And he had, or Disneyland had a original poster of Casa de Frito, but mm-hmm. the the shirt from Disneyland says Mexican food? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> anyway, well, I think you enjoy. Here, there's there's uh, there's the 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 Skyway buckets. Yeah. Um, it's it's called Skywalker. That's right. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> and that's my um, that's my people mover poster signed by Bob Kerr. Oh, that's behind me there. Um, Mr. Barnes told me a really neat story about Main Street, which I couldn't believe I'd never heard. Which is, if you look at the windows, you'll see names of um, Imagineers. And he said Main Street, and I never knew this 
was also seen when they created it as a concept of the credits of a movie. Yeah. So as you walk through Main Street, you're seeing the opening of a movie and you're seeing the names of the people who brought you the film. I never Are knew you that. talking about Jeff Barnes? Kyle Barnes. Kyle Barnes, Imagineer. Because there's a yeah. guy named Jeff Barnes who wrote a book about Disneyland and, and how it <laughs> teaches leadership lessons. Oh, but yeah. The idea was uh, this the story, everything at the beginning of Disneyland is red, like the ground is red. So that's oh. the red carpet. And then you go under the tunnels that acts as sort of the proscenium to walk into the to the stage, you know, the thing where you get to choose your own adventure. You're in the movie. Wow. And like you said, seeing the credits and all that kind of stuff. So it's your own adventure that you get to create. That was the idea. I think cool. it may be right. Con, who knows? Um, all right. So almost done. The Disney World, you said that is your sort of your go-to, it's your home park, if you will, parks, because you're East Coast person originally, obviously Broadway, yeah. et cetera. <clears throat> so how, like, when you close your eyes, can you differentiate between Main Street Disneyland and Main Street Magic Kingdom? I would just say, imagine it a little bigger. <laughs> yes, there you go. Fair. I conflate them all the time because I'm doing vacation planning for people and I'm planning somebody at Disneyland the next day. I'm doing some of the Disney World and I'm like, well, it's over there by Casey's Corner. Nope, nope, nope. That's not Casey's Corner there, <laughs> you know, or <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> or I'm no, talking unfortunately, about. Unfortunately, I don't know it that as, as well. No, that's okay. I'm just gauging because I was going to ask some questions about which is better. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Dinosaur at Animal Kingdom. Have you been there? No, I didn't go on a ride called Dinosaur. I went to Animal Kingdom and I loved the um, Nemo show. It, it oh my was gosh! Incredible. Six oh, yeah. years every. That's Bobby Lopez. Yeah. You know, yeah. Frozen, what else did he do? Bobby Lopez, Frozen, yeah. Book of Mormon. Yeah, good, talented dude. Yeah, that Avenue was Q. for me the highlight of that part. I yeah. cry every time. It's so mm-hmm. good. Um, anyway, so Dinosaur is the an exact replica of Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. It's the exact same ride. Everything you do on both rides is identical. The movements are the same. Everything is the same. The exception being that Dinosaur is a lot darker, louder, and there are more dinosaurs. <laughs> so when we do that episode you know you didn't go on it so it's an unfair question which is better it ended up being in disney uh disneyland indiana jones for all the reasons they don't have an indiana jones ride in florida they have a no. stunt they have a stunt spectacular where this wow. 20, 24 year old <laughs> is coming out as harrison ford's stunt double from raiders <laughs> of the lost ark from right. 40 years ago <laughs> Harrison Ford's like 80 years old. And this guy, it's silly. It works so well as, as Raiders. I'm shocked they turned it into dinosaurs, but I'm glad well, that, that they have this, that they're using the, cause it's a wonderful ride. Yeah, it's a great ride, but it's not as good at Disney world. So did you, no. did you go on expedition Everest? Yes. And I don't even remember it because it didn't really impress me in some way. I don't know why I can't remember. So we've decided that Expedition Everest is the spiritual successor of the Matterhorn. Yeah, yeah. Both mountains, right. both yetis. Yeah. And I think we decided that Everest I was think better. I have our answer, Jimmy. I think it's well, <laughs> Dan's, Dan's going to relitigate this now. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> and then, so you've been to the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. Oh, you've been to the Haunted Mansion at Disney World. Oh, no. Yes. Right. Yes. And that one yeah. you can definitively say you've been on. Mm-hmm. Which is better. I, I know it's going to. Oh no! You know, I wish I I'd have to watch a video of of, of the World Disney World because I don't remember the differences. There isn't. How do you feel about speed ramps? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> speed ramps. You know the speed ramp at the end of the ride at Disneyland where you're you're where, coming yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, I don't know. You don't but do I that. Disney World doesn't have one. You yes. are coming oh. out of a tomb from underground where the dead people are. That's that's well, why I it's love. Thematically. I love the theory that that the ghost in the attic spooks you and you fall backwards out through the window and die, and that's why you can see all the ghosts in the graveyard. That's right. One of them. I love that. That's theory. a fun theory. Great. So <laughs> yeah. Disney World and Disneyland's rides were developed at the same time in the late mm-hmm. '60s. Right? They were built at the same time. They just made duplicates of everything. So they're identical rides. The mm-hmm. only difference is there's the Hatbox Ghost at Disneyland, and at Disney World, all the you know the busts in the queue that yeah. follow you, those are mm-hmm. on the ride. Mm-hmm. So there's like a couple extra little show scenes and stuff, but virtually they're the same. Uh-huh. And then the, there are more interactive elements in the queue at Disney World. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, very controversial Disney World one. It's, it's everyone's <laughs> favorite episode of our show. That's yeah, right. No uh, hatred or yeah. anger at. I'm not all. surprised. <laughs> And Pirates of the Caribbean, which one's better, Disneyland or Disney World? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't I don't remember well enough. That's but right. I will say Snow White Ride at Disney World is amazing. Well, and, it doesn't um, exist, so. It's gone? Oh, the roller coaster. Oh, the roller coaster. Roller coaster. Seven North yeah. Mine Train, yes. <laughs> I love it. Jimmy. We don't have <laughs> a... We don't have right after they built and it. And I wish we had that at Disneyland. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those things that we haven't been able to do a comparison episode because there is no mm. comparison. We just yeah. did Dumbo. Last episode was the Dumbos. What else did mm. we just do, Jimmy? And you go on, you go on that Snow White roller coaster during the fireworks, and oh, you're yeah. right underneath them, and you see Ooh. you see them above you as you're on a roller coaster. It's that very, would be cool. It's very thrilling. It was yeah. the only way we could go on the ride because there was the line was so long, right. so we had to get yeah. during the fireworks. Yeah, it is a, always a long line. You, that's a rope drop ride yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, well what, this has been a joy. Yes, well, whip. Joy. <laughs> <laughs> do you like Dole Whip? Just out of curiosity, I do. I do, but I'm not a big sherbet fan in general. I'd rather just have a Mickey Mouse ice cream, not the sandwich, but the um bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah with that the chocolate, chocolate on the outside. On that is insane. That's my favorite. I also <laughs> love the pretzel dipped in the cheese sauce. Come on. Yeah. And the uh, they have a beef. Red Bull thing. Oh, yeah, indeed. Oh. The, the foods we've done several episodes on snacks and, and that sort of thing. We did. We haven't done the churros episode yet, although Disneyland's going to win because churros in Disney World are crap. <laughs> anyway, Jack Plotnick, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been an absolute delight. We will be in you Anaheim. You guys are a delight. Thank you so much for having me well, and yeah. thank you so much for your kind words. And I can't wait for you to see the new video because you talk about a deep cut. There are things in this video that you might have to Wikipedia. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's exciting. Cliffhanger for the listener. We're going to be in Anaheim in April. We'll be at Disneyland. We'll we'll keep in touch. Maybe we can walk around the parks for a little bit together. Oh, fun. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. And thank you so much again for being here. Thanks. Take care, everyone. Your attention, please. (laughs) When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
get started then. Okay. So that was Jack Plotnick. That was incredibly generous of him to take his time to do that. And man, he just gets, he's our people. Totally. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he gets the joke. He's incredibly funny. He's he's a nerd like us and just an incredibly talented guy. The more and more I went down the Jack Plotnick rabbit hole, I was like, man, that guy's talented. And like you said, he can play, you know, angry at children character and they love it <laughs> and they love him. And he Speaking can play angry at children. When you were pushing me to ask that question was the question about uh if one were to try to get in the headspace of a, ten, a very cool and real 10 year old, what they would do. I didn't know how to phrase the question. I don't, I don't know why didn't you would ask, want me to ask that. I, that, yeah. I, I mean, don't, I think the Asher thing would have not, I don't know what you're talking about when you say that. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I, I almost, it makes no sense. Asher is sleeping currently. Theoretically. Again, yes. Still. We ran out of time, but um, I, I kind of wanted to float the idea of our, March Madness bracket and just <laughs> to see because that would be that's a litmus test for someone who sort of has our sense of humor if he thinks it's brilliant or just insane because I'm on the fence it's on my bracket that's why I like it well we we should I mean this is this is the main show here so we should probably um tell tell the people what we're planning at least get, all right get their oh, give them was, some time to uh to gear up for their brackets is the next episode we start no, that? no February twentieth is our next episode, so it wouldn't be until March. But Eric, do you want to tee it up? Yeah, let's um, let's kick off the jams. Kick off the jams. Kick it off. All right. Now we've that's, that's I, I mentioned exactly this on years up. Right that okay. Um, so we wanted to do. Oh, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now sing again, Jimmy. <laughs> No, I forget what it was now. Kick off the jam. <laughs> Kick them up. So we we were exploring ideas. We had a little, you know, a little behind the scenes show that we didn't record and release because we were sloppy lazy. Um, but that we talked about, you know, best bathroom, stinky room wind, best children's <laughs> menu, best I still kids menu, but I like this idea better. Uh-huh. And Dan proposed best president <laughs> from the Hall of Presidents. Now, not best who did the best job, but rather the best animatronic. Best robot. Best robot. Right, best robot. And Eric has been working tirelessly to create the bracket. There have been officially, what, 44 individuals who have been president. Is that correct? Because Grover Cleveland was twice. 43. We'll, 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 we'll cut this. We're on what? <laughs> what? Right. No, we're on 46. 46, that's right. 45. Plus an extra Cleveland. Right. An extra Grover Cleveland. Got it. So 45 individuals who have been president. And we're counting Cleveland twice. Is that correct? Depends on how we do. At this point, (laughs) yes. So how are the brackets working out? The brackets are working out. Now, I've, I've explored this in multiple ways. I've looked through. So I started looking through the official presidential portraits. Because um, for some reason, there is no exhaustive resource showing um, up close uh, portraits of all of the robots, oh. which we will have to create. This is oh, some. Boy. This is our, our <laughs> sacred task, <laughs> is to create a record of every single uh, robot president up close and personal. I I'll think get we to might, know them. I think um, we might need to call on a street team that doesn't exist 
yet. <laughs> which is if you <laughs> are if you happen to be a listener to this show and you have easy access, <laughs> i.e. an annual pass and, and a camera. A camera <laughs> Uh, yes. We could use your help. <laughs> right. In the next 15 the internet days. is useless to me for well, this. You know that that Imagineering has it. Uh, I'm sure Imagineering has it, and the estate of Blaine Gibson probably has something. But what I would what I would love is a nice up close um high-res shot of every single president, president robot. Um each presidential robot. What I'm going to do for the purposes of this show. So, gentlemen, I've collected mm. the official presidential portrait of every one of our presidents. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I want to put them up next to the, <laughs> the robot. And the, the idea is to determine which robot is best. And one of the criteria is how close does this robot resemble the person, the man? Okay. We could say the man. They're all men. That's and. True. Uh, what that's one of the criteria we also want to talk about what they're doing. Are they sitting? Are they standing? Do they move? What sarcastic comment do they make while Grover Cleveland is talking? Do they actually deliver a speech? That's what we want to get into as far as the, the criteria for best Robert. We're not, we're not completely. Uh, we haven't, we haven't figured all of those aspects out yet. <laughs> yeah. But it'll my, flesh itself out. Yeah. Until yeah. it becomes best children's menu. Yeah, um, <laughs> which I also have pre- prepared from last year. But what what we will we will we'll, we will be watching that video many times, uh, multiple videos many times. Indeed. But yeah, if if somebody <clears throat> happens to have a group of those, and because the way this is fleshing out is, it's going to this is an audio medium, and it sounds Wait, like what? it's going to be a vi- a very <laughs> visual podcast, and that we're going to be describing physical attributes. So if we had a sort of a bracket template with the actual robot versus the official portrait. That would be the dream. It would be (sighs) as it is. I'm probably going to scour many, many videos of the hall of presidents and take the best screenshots I can of them. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you, you, you you patriots on YouTube for providing us with content. Indeed. And now Um, the, the way I wanted to break up these brackets, you want to hear? Yes. Well, but before you do, presumably right. okay. the function of the individual president changes depending on who is the current president, I would think. Only for the latest presidents, you know, when, um, when like President Biden gets replaced by President Snorlax, the first um, <laughs> alien president from, uh, from the Andromeda galaxy, uh, then Biden's robot will be retired to the back row somewhere and he'll nod as Snorlax talks about his takeover, his violent takeover of this, this nation. Are we certain that Snorlax is the first ro- alien president? No. Well, the first openly alien okay, president. Got it. Yes. Okay. So tell <laughs> us about the brackets. How are they shaping? All right. Well, I, I tried going about this multiple ways and it's, it's difficult because we've got a bunch of fairly old white men and mm-hmm. one black man. Here? Is that a problem for you? <laughs> it's, the problem for me is that a lot of these old white men look very similar. <laughs> I can't tell them apart. I, I tell you. Uh, so I looked through. I found there are five presidents who in their official portraits have beards. There are five presidents who have mustaches. Ooh, I wonder no. if those five presidents with beards have beards in the, in the show. Ooh, whoa. Whoa. 
Um, yeah, they, uh, yeah, that's the part that I do need to double back on, but, um, for the most part they do, there was, I've got to watch a few more videos to get to, uh, you know, make sure that a couple of them do match their portraits, at least in their general presentation. But what I settled on something that's close to even, uh, it's not a traditional bracket. We're going to have to figure out how this works, but. There are nine presidents who have painted portraits. They're not photographs. Oh, shirts for Washington's. There are 15 presidents who have color photographs. Oh. And there are 22 presidents, if you count Grover Cleveland twice, who have black and white photographs of them. And that comes out to 22 versus 24. We yeah. can put together a little bonus bracket or something. I'm still toying around with how to, how to, arrange that and then we'll have to arrange them into their initial pairings their initial seating mm. uh, so you have the black on, and white black and white presidents versus uh-huh. the color portrait or photograph presidents right and yes. we're now color 22 to 24 <laughs> so it's going to be tricky we're, we might have to make a, a wild card bracket yeah that's what i'm thinking and um maybe more grover cleveland's or as we <laughs> as as we uh, we proposed at one point Ooh, in the early one. planning, was Sorry, hold people on. that you think are presidents like Ben oh, Franklin. Ben Franklin, mm-hmm. the best the best president who was never president. <laughs> um, so and that and the auctioneer pirate from Pirates of the Caribbean. There you go. There you go. That rounds um, it out. <laughs> but I might propose that the uh, the the wild card is Biden and Washington, the first and the current, because they're presumably still the same age. <laughs> you mean if Washington was still alive? If he was still alive, yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, Joe Biden's old. Okay. Um, well, that's interesting. So, listener, you have so much to look forward to <laughs> in, in March. Uh, check out and, Jack Plotnick on YouTube. And 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 if you are interested or a, or, or able to and willing to uh, get video footage of this president. <laughs> I, we don't need like a close up of each. You don't have to do this forty some odd times. Just get like, us a high res yeah, thing and like a, a get section, a, few of them in the frame. a couple sections. You know. Yes, and send them to Jimmy at earsofpythonpodcast dot com, Dan at earsofpythonpodcast dot com, or E Johnson at concierge dot com, who has a new appreciation for planning universal vacations for people because it is not easy. It is not an intuitive website. Holy cow! Yeah, what what in the world? I, I guess when I was complaining about it to my wife, she said, well, I mean, is it a problem that they don't try to bundle tickets with the hotel? I'm like, well, yeah, because why would I, why else would I stay at Universal if I'm not going to go to the parks? Come on. Right. Yeah, the time. it's I mean, it, there's a way around it, but it's it's like I want I'm going to be there for two days. I want two day park to park. I select that and then they give you a quote with three days, three parks, park to park as a default and you can't change it. And then they give you a discount for bundling and then they charge you for transportation to and from the airport and they charge you for like cancellation fee. There's all these extra stuff that you just have to get rid of. And then you can never change the three day bundle when you're looking for a two day. It's just really frustrating. Yeah. And, and then you get to the end and you find out that it, that it changed the dates to uh, tomorrow. Right. <laughs> and so that my friends is why you call eight, five, six hour ears, because we do all that nonsense for you. 
And let me just also- real quick. Let me just address the listener. Listener, hi. I'm still here. I still love Disney and Disneyland. Uh, these other two, I know they've turned on us. <laughs> uh, we still have this. We still have this together. I know. I know. I complain about a lot of things, but you know what? Who would have thought that they're the two that are jumping ship? Hey, uh, I'm so, staying at a Disney resort before, okay? Okay. All right. Okay. That's just a part-time that. trader. Um, so the other thing, Dan, just before we go, mm-hmm. you went on, we talked about it with Jack, you went on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway yesterday three times. Yeah, that's pretty good. You tried <laughs> to ride it three times. Three times. <laughs> I tried to ride it three times. I, I No, no, I tried to ride it two, four times, successfully Ooh. rode it twice because i oh. got the virtual queue and purchased a oh and purchased so i'm very excited to do that ride for the mm-hmm. versus episode i want to mm-hmm. wait until we've all ridden it which presumably will be april yeah probably so we'll all have ridden it we'll all have seen the queues loved a lot of, it's going to be fun to explain to the listener the queue details mm-hmm. that you found that are very movie theater-esque i loved or there was the, lack thereof <laughs> or lack thereof there was a the captain eo little Im- embroidered thing or embossed thing which is you know a, a nod to the the 360 what is it called the the magic eye theater but why and where at disneyland you showed that picture yesterday it was the captain eo logo on the was wood. it no it was i don't think that. so he sent that picture i didn't i oh no 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 i get i it, it was the el capitoon EC. Oh, was that what it was? Not oh, EO. I thought it was Captain EO. God. <laughs> no. Okay. That would have been God, better. Captain EO okay. famously in Toontown. Well, I just thought it was a nod to theater. <laughs> no, the Magic I, 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 I mean, if I'm sure I does, then I could see how it would be like, well, I it guess it totally looks EO. like Captain EO. Yeah. 100%. Listener, what do you see? Anyway, it'll be fun <laughs> to do that episode. We can go through the details and see which is better between those two. Not classic, but beloved attractions starring mm-hmm. mickey mouse i want to read uh a review i want to read a passage from the bible <laughs> john um, 316 all right here's the review <laughs> ewok evo from january 3rd 2023 says a podcast like no other genuinely this is one of the only podcasts that i will stop listening to everything else to listen to it there are definitely in-jokes with the hosts, but they are hilarious, and it feels like you're hanging out with your friends every time you listen five stars. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a review of Scraping the Vault. You need to listen <gasps> to that show. Oh, I'm you know saying what? Wait and switch. I agree mm-hmm. with Ewok Evo, because I also stop listening to other podcasts, including this podcast, to <laughs> listen to Scraping the Vault. <laughs> and Eric has 14 other podcasts. I don't feel bad saying this, but... I'm saying this here because Scraping the Vault has a criminally less number of listeners than this show does, and it should not. It should have at least the same because it's a very, very enjoyable show. Audrey, our co-host, is delightfully funny. And in Uh, fairness, I can understand if somebody presses play on a podcast and hears a commercial from the 60s immediately. Yes, they might not. Marlboro. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, it's incredibly clever. It's well, well produced, well edited. Like this show that you're listening to now, Dan does an equally good job at creating production quality content, and it's um, it's wonderful. So give it a give it a listen. I think you'll enjoy it. That's not because we get anything from it. It's not like we get paid. But um, do yourself a favor and listen to that show. We just released 
Uh, Xanadu. Xanadu. Our, our <laughs> Australian friends, Australian, uh, they're improvisers, and they're they're called Hacky Slacks. You can mm-hmm. find them at Hacky underscore Slacks at, at Instagram. Uh, but yeah, they're from Australia, and they're very funny, and you should listen to that show. And that's uh, it for our mailbag. There you go. <laughs> and of course, uh, we have other shows. Ears Up, Ears Up In Depth. You know, all the things. Uh, Puny Pod is new. That's fun. Marvel. Uh, the the Bantha Milk podcast. You got, I gave you the contacts. We talked about rating and reviewing and concierge. The end, everybody. Thank you for listening to this really fun, very special episode. Tell your friends. Uh, share it with everyone. Jack Plotnick is a delight. Uh, watch his videos on YouTube if you haven't seen them. If you are a, even a little bit of a fan of Disney, uh, you'll like it. He obviously is one of us, if you hadn't guessed from listening for the last hour plus. Uh, so yeah, go check them out and like them and subscribe to them and tell them you are watching them because you listen to this show. And until next time, everybody, thank you very much. Be good to each other and we'll see you real soon. Stupid. No, I need yeah, to figure I don't, I don't it out. Know if I like that. I think I think that's all part of it. I think this, yeah. this has is, become this is the the outro. This is kind of yeah, right. The, well, it's kind of like you in the mailbag of mail. You never really yeah. figured out how to do it. <laughs> I don't and want just to. became the bit. Yeah, this time he was quiet. That that worked out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should have said be kind, rewind, but or you yeah, that's say a great ed- ending. Yeah. Oh no! Uh. What is this? <laughs> <laughs>